All right, so what's happening here is I'm recording my podcast. So what we decided to do was some people, they, they love my podcast. They, people are loving the podcast. Shouts out to y'all. Some people want to hear what I got to say because mm-hmm. I really don't talk during our podcast. I just ask the questions. So I'm going to give y'all a couple little bars to be in, um, in the gym with or wherever you be at. Got your angle right up. Got your angle right yet. Yup. Hey, this might be my angle out here. Hold on. Should I go here? Yeah. Okay. All right. So y'all get to hear the podcast before the podcast drops. So really, Brad is going to just ask me some questions. And I'm just going to talk how I talk. What's up? Taylor May, one of a kind. <laughs> What's up? Uh, Bowtie. Bowtie's here. In the building. What up, Bowtie? Bowtie's in the building. Yep. What up, Taylor May? Taylor made one of a kind. Don't leave off my man's one of a kind. Oh, I'm sorry. One of a kind. My man, he told he told everybody they was going to get them hands. Yeah, I seen that. I seen that. <laughs> he said, oh, you're going to get these hands one of a kind. Yeah. <laughs> That's my guy. Um, Robin, how you feeling? Jersey. What it do? Ready right. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Can I, should I do welcome to another edition of Social Proof, or are we just we just out yeah. here? Yeah, do you welcome? Uh, you are. What's happening, y'all? Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast. Uh, it's your host David Chance. I don't have a guest. Okay, it's just me. Got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. But my my good friend Brandon has some questions for me, and he feels like if I answer them, it makes for a good podcast. So make sure you get your Social Proof tickets. Okay, realsocialproof.com. We have the most amazing forward-thinking entrepreneurs um, really the country has to offer. Um, young, energetic people who really understand it from the ground floor, like not so high. These aren't you know people who are you know running three hundred million dollar businesses. These are people that are running high six, seven figure businesses, and they remember when they were in your shoes, where they was their business was only doing ten thousand dollars a year, or thirty thousand dollars a year, or you know fifty thousand dollars a year. If you really want to take it to another level, you definitely need to be at the Real Social Proof Conference. So let's get this podcast started, man. I'm I'm here live on Instagram. What's going on Instagram? As if it's a person. <laughs> uh, what you got, B? All right. Yeah. So I titled, I titled this podcast. I'm going to give you a title. Um, entrepreneurship is bad for you. Um, I know. You entrepreneurship is bad for you. It's bad for your health or something. It's just bad for you. I don't know. But I know that um, we see a lot of the uh, just the good moments of entrepreneurship and you being a serial entrepreneur. And I just want to uh, get into the, the facts of your personal story. You cool with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, cool. So, um, first question is going to be a little deep. So, what are some of the down moments getting into entrepreneurship? Can you tell me about those? So, the down moments in terms of getting into entrepreneurship or just being in entrepreneurship? Being in entrepreneurship. I'll answer them both. Okay. There are some trials that you're going to have to overcome getting into entrepreneurship. I'm talking about like before you even really, really start or the beginning stages of entrepreneurship, it's the excitement. Two parts though. One, some people will have a hard time finding the excitement. And two, some people might have a hard time finding the reality past the excitement because people set their expectations so high. And I'm not saying you shouldn't have high goals, but some people set their expectations so high without the skill set or the ability, right? So you're trying to convince me that your very first year, 
you're going to make $100,000, you're gonna make $200,000 in your very first year, even though it is possible, but you've not read a book, you've not listened to an audio, you've, you, like you're, you're not even in the right mindset, you've never built anything ever in your life, and you're just gonna quit your job, and you're just gonna go in, I feel you, but um, we need to pair that excitement with reality, and I'm talking about the reality of the reflection of your own ability, right? So, one, if you're if you're just getting started as an entrepreneur, I want you to be excited. You have to maintain that excitement, but at the same time, you have to understand your own your own um, ability. Like, how hard are you willing to go? I'm telling you, if you are thinking about getting an entrepreneurship and you have a job. If you're not putting at least two hours every single day into your business, I don't care how long your job keeps you. I don't care how much overtime you work. I don't care how many kids you got. If you're not putting an hour to two hours into your business every single day, don't quit your job. And some people think, oh, well, if if I didn't have this job where I'm working eight, ten hours a day, I'd have more time. No, you won't. If you can't do what you do in the window like that little hour before you go to sleep, or you, can, you, you can't really build your business in like that lunch break, just keep your job until you can develop some consistency. But some of the down points of being in entrepreneurship, like while you're in it, and some people will be able to relate to this, is things not happening as fast as you want them to. Or imagine somebody who's been putting... Um, five years into their business and it's still not happening. Can you imagine? Like, I'm talking about, like, you don't really see any progression. Now, you're consistent with the work, but you're not seeing any progression. What's worse is, on social media, you can see the success of others. So you can see somebody like, hold on, they just started speaking last year. I've been speaking, I'm a vet. How they how they getting gigs? How? And then you start to compare, right? And then it, it goes from um, congratulating other people and being excited for other people um, to some sort of like a form of jealousy almost, which is tragic. So it's hard. It's hard watching other people succeed when you know you deserve that same success. It's hard. That's... That's tough. So I would say you definitely have to manage that. Be careful who you're around. That's why you always need to have two, at least two people in your life, someone that you're learning from and someone that you're teaching. Obviously, being okay with other people's success because you get to learn from them and you get to see what you're doing wrong, things of that nature. But you also need to be teaching somebody coming up because that keeps you confident because you know what you're talking about. Like you can really, really help somebody. So, um, stand in the middle. If you're teaching somebody, you won't be so um, so consumed with every the fact that everybody's winning because you are mentoring somebody that's just getting their stuff going. So, okay, nice. nice. So, I want to. Um, I had another question, but you mentioned something that I really want to uh, to tap into. That you mentioned that if you're seeing somebody that is um, doing better and you know that you deserve it. Tell me about this this form of jealousy that that will start to happen. Like, what would what would that do for you? Um, it's it's hard to explain that feeling you get when you want to be happy for somebody, but you know you're better. You know what I mean? Like, yo, you know you're 
your clothing brand is better. Like, you know your podcast is better, but this other podcast is getting sponsored. You're like, what in the world? And it's not, the, it's not you're mad at the person, but inside it's some sort of insecurity or entitlement. But that's rooted in arrogance and pride. And you need to eliminate that. Because what makes you so deserving of the success? What makes you, God created you both, what makes you better than the other person? And you have no idea what they went through to get there. All you see is, oh, they started their podcast last year and they're getting sponsored. They're making money from you. You started your podcast five years ago. Technically, you're better, but it might be something in your heart. It might be something the way you're talking to people. You're no longer humble and people are repelled from that. You know what I'm saying? So that 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 jealousy is real and you have to check it at the door and use it as an opportunity to um, to examine yourself. What am I doing? You need to humble yourself and go learn from that person. Humble yourself. All of that is rooted in arrogance. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, what is something that is inevitable when you become an entrepreneur? Um, what's inevitable is, uh, well, I guess for most people, that feeling of wanting to quit. I mean, at some point, you'll feel like, and, and maybe it's not traditionally like, yo, I quit. I was going to go back to being a regular person. But quitting the project that you're working on to maybe do something else, which is extremely dangerous. Because imagine uh, working on something for 12 months. And what you don't know is it takes 13 months to be successful at it, but you quit at 12 and you start something else. So you got to keep starting over. I think that's inevitable. Um, you are going to have to make money. Money, you have to make money. That's the blood of your business. You cannot live without blood. If your blood stops flowing, you die. If money stops flowing through your business, it dies. You have to. You have to make money. Is that, is that going to the people that say, um, oh, I'm not in it for the money? Oh, they're lying. For the most part. Right. For the most part, people who say, well, I don't do it for the money is lying. Mm. They're lying, son. Mm. I go and talk to the kids. Yes, I teach entrepreneurship and I go talk to the kids. I, it's not that I do it 100% for the money, but I do it because I can make some money at it. Yeah. If, if I was doing it 100% for the money, I would work an overnight job where I can work an overnight job to pay my bills and I go to the school every day and talk to the kids about entrepreneurship. If I was doing it, if I was doing it for the money, right. I mean, if I wasn't doing it for the money, but most people do what they do. They do it for the money, but they say stuff like, oh, I don't do it for the money because it's like a safety net of if it doesn't work, I get to say I wasn't doing it for money anyway. Yeah. Now for, for my business, right? There are a bunch of things that I can do that I can make more money at. I can make way more money doing something else. Like if I focused on um, Facebook ads and building the Shopify store and the marketing, if it was just for the money, I'd do that. So there's other things that I can do um, that I can make more money at. But for me, I have a balance. I do what I, I do what I do for the money so I can do some of the things that I want to do because I enjoy it. But 
Um, yeah, for the most part, people who say they don't do it for the money, they're lying. And it's just a way to say, well, I wasn't doing it for money. If you don't make any money, it's okay. Well, I wasn't doing it for the money anyway. That's just stupid. You need to be real with yourself. Count your numbers. Let's figure out how to grow your business and make more money. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, are there, I guess if they have any, any questions on Instagram. I don't, I don't see it. <laughs> if y'all have any questions on Instagram, uh, we live right now. I have a few more questions. Absolutely. Um, if y'all got questions, IG, holler at me. I'll answer them joints. Okay. All right. Um, are there pros with staying at your job? Ah, oh, there are some amazing pros for staying at your job. For one, developing the ability to stay and not make emotional decisions. I run across a lot of entrepreneurs and they quit their job based off of an emotion. And if you really talk to them why they quit their job, it wasn't because they just felt it was better for them to pursue their dream. They say stuff like, yo, I just didn't want to be there anymore. Or my boss made me mad or they're making me work too many hours. But if you if you were to track somebody for the last 12 months, let's say January to December, and somebody quits their job in December and they say, well, I'm, I'm doing it so that I can follow my dream. If you look at the last 12 months, chances are in those little windows of time, they weren't building their business. They weren't grinding. I quit my job because I set a quit number. I said, if I can get to this certain income per month, I'll quit my job and go full time because I know if I can build this income over the last two and a half years, I know I can build it even higher with more time. But I was putting in every day, every hour, every off day was this grind, right? So um, keep your job, but the benefit is just staying because if you can stay at your job through all the emotional ups and downs, through the management, through the negative coworkers, through the rumors at the office, if you can stay through all that, you can stay in your business. You can stick to one idea and kind of handle all the things that's going to be coming against you. But two, there's a reason why you're at your job. And you need to find out what that reason is. There's a skill set that you can develop at your job, um, but you're not going to find or appreciate the skill set if your whole conversation about your job is, oh my gosh, I hate this job, even though you prayed for the job, you was excited when you got the job, but a year later, you're like, oh, this job, oh my gosh, it's draining me. But when you didn't have no job, like, so what was the difference? Nothing changed. The job stayed the same. You got the same boss, same coworkers, but you start to feel entitled, like, oh, I need to be doing something else. No, you need to sit your butt there and learn some skills at your job. At the Cheesecake Factory, I learned sales. I knew I was going to sell t-shirts, so learning sales at my job and being paid to learn sales paid off in my business. Learning how to present. So I was a server, so like when I come to a table, I'm on stage. This is like this is like a um, a performance almost. I have to put on my best thing. Like I got to put on my smile. Even if I'm having a bad day. If I'm having a bad day, Brandon, I can't go to my table with my bad day. Say, hey, how y'all doing? Um, it's rough out here. But uh, what can I get y'all to drink? Oh, it's trash. Trash. I got to suppress my bad day and go like, hey, what's going on, y'all? I'm so excited y'all sat at my table. I really appreciate it, first off. Okay, I want you to know I'm happy you're here. Okay, because this is my job, and we're going to have a great time together. Even though on the inside, my girl just broke up with me. My Look, my, 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 uh, 
My light bill, they're not taking no more payment arrangements. My phone's going to be cut off tomorrow. I got to suppress all that and perform on stage. But some people as entrepreneurs, because they don't have the job and it's something that they're supposed to do, as an entrepreneur, you'll go on Instagram or Facebook and make emotional posts and let all your customers, all your clients know that you're having a terrible day. You need, I developed that at my job. I developed that. I got to suppress all that. Look, me and my coworker was just in the back going at it. Me and my manager was just going at it. But when I get to that table, hey, how y'all doing? I am so happy to be here. I love the Cheesecake Factory. I developed that. I also learned how to pronunciate my words, how to be clear, how to describe something. Check this out. There are these, um, like, there's, there's meals they cost more than other meals, right? Somebody gets some wings, it might be $10. If I can get them to get a, um, a chicken piccata, that's 20. 20% of $10, if they get these wings, is $2. My tip would be $2 at 20%. If I can get them a $20 meal, 20% of that, that's $4. I need to make this money. I need to sell you on this chicken piccata. But the only way I'm gonna sell you on this chicken piccata is describing it so vividly that you can almost see, smell, and taste this chicken piccata. Like the farfalle pasta with the mushrooms and all that kind of stuff. I like I have to accurately describe it so it sounds so good to you, you're willing to forget how much it costs and you just order it. Well, it helped me as a presenter. So now I understand how to teach entrepreneurship by painting a picture of what it looks like. And that's why people pay me to speak, because I can paint a picture. But I learned it at the Cheesecake Factory. I learned it at my job. So I don't care what it is. If you are a trash man, if you are an administrative assistant, if you are an attorney, if you are a doctor, if you uh, refill vending machines, you work at the bank, there's some skill that you're missing out on because for some reason you just complain about everything at your job when you got that job. But there's a reason why you're supposed to be there. So. I know I had some um, I had I had another question, but you said a, a couple of things in um, in that answer. One was um, just using your job, um, you know, as a business. But you also mentioned using social media. You said when you make an emotional decision, you know, you letting all your customers and clients you know a lot of people use social media for just fun, I guess. Mm -hmm. But these are actually customers and clients that you're talking to. Oh, for sure. For sure. Tell me a little more of, about that as far as when you make a decision, when you're making posts and just, just using social media in general. Right. Oh, um, yeah. Social media is definitely a business. It's uh, and I say it all the time that it's not real. Like it's not, it's like a, it's a created world. Um, but in this created world, you can uh, do whatever you want with it. Some people use Instagram as like the new uh, Playboy magazine. So that's why they use it. So I, I'm not mad at you. Like if you go into a, uh, remember back in the day, I used to have like these things called uh, magazines. And uh, you can go into a store and pick up a magazine, look through it, and you might, what, pay $8, $9, something like that, $10 for a magazine. You take that magazine, you read it, and that's your entertainment. Well, some people use social media as their Playboy magazine. They only follow IG models. Nothing wrong with IG models. Nothing wrong with Playboy models. I'm not mad at that, but that's why you use it. Some people use it to, you know, have like these inside jokes with their friends, which is okay, 100%. 
All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. It's so important that black voices are represented in black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of black uh, voices and influencers from black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be black today, told from a unique black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black Stories, Black Truths. I listen and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective. And black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you got a job and 
like you use Instagram as your entertainment or Facebook as your entertainment or you know whatever you use it for, good for you. Some people use Facebook as a way to keep their family connected and communicate. Great. I use Instagram as a business. Not personal, not as entertainment. I use it as a business. So everything I post is in the mindset of I'm building a business. Would I take a picture of my food and put it on Instagram if I'm building a business? Well, if I was a chef, yes. If I made it, yes. If I'm a food, if I'm a foodie and I'm building my brand like that, of course. If I'm a, a, a food taste tester or something like that, absolutely. If I'm about to open a restaurant, or I have a restaurant, of course I'm going to take pictures of the food. But I'm teaching entrepreneurship. That has absolutely nothing with building my business. right? It's almost like if you have a, a say you had a camera store, all camera stuff, and you started selling sneakers, like you had one rack for sneakers. That don't make sense. Sneakers would never sell. It'd be weird. It was just like it, like people be looking at oh shoot got the camera oh lenses batteries it is sneakers it would just be a weird vibe like why are you why is there sneakers in the store? Yeah, that's your first question. First question. My Instagram consistent all camera stores all going to be camera stuff yep. camera lenses mm-hmm. batteries picture frames whatever it's going to be that has something to do with it. Now sometimes I'm not saying not to be personal personable. Um, because that could be a part of building the brand, right? So every now and again, I might post a picture with me and my family. Mm-hmm. But it's not just to show off my family. It's to show that you have to have that work-life balance yep. as an entrepreneur. Yep. You know what I mean? So in my stories, even in my stories, the stuff we do, like whether um, I'm, you know, I'm roasting you for something you're wearing or we just in a picture. It's like having fun as an Yeah, I'm not bullying Brandon. Like, yo... When we when I first started roasting your shoes, mm-hmm. right? People started to know you for them shoes. Yep. People started looking at your shoes like, oh, you got the entrepreneurship shoe. And then Brandon took it into the whole entrepreneurship shoes thing. And it, it just becomes a part of the brand. This ain't, y'all, <clears throat> everything we do, especially in terms of social media, it's, it's business. So we had a dinner at my house for my birthday. Mm-hmm. I wasn't on the gram. I just wanted to hang out with my friends. You know what I'm saying? Like it was it yeah, wasn't business. Yeah, nothing to do with entrepreneurship. Yeah, I like I genuinely just wanted to hang out with my friends. We ate, played games, all that kind of stuff, just chill. So I need you to really def- decide what you're using your social media for. Be be intentional, knowing what you're using it for, and use it only for that. And if anything outside of that goes towards it, you can't post a fight video. That don't got nothing to do with entrepreneurship. It don't got nothing to do with what you're doing. Right. Be consistent in your store. Look at it as a store. Okay, I love it. All right, this right here. This this is probably the question that everybody everybody would want to know. At least the ones who want to be um, to be an entrepreneur. Maybe they're at their job, you know, and they want to transition to into an entrepreneur. All right, you ready for this? I don't know. You ready for this? I hope so. This might hurt some people. I don't know. Well, I don't know what the answer is. So let me ask it. Um, is there a possibility? Entrepreneurship could never work for someone. Is there a possibility that entrepreneurship could never never, work for somebody? Never. It just, I keep trying it. You know, it just, is there a possibility where this is just not for you at all? Um, I don't believe so because uh, anybody can develop a skill set. 
Now, some people in their head, it's something. Um, and again, going back to like the arrogance thing, they won't let people help them because they feel like they they know what they've been doing. Somebody, look at this. Somebody who's failed at entrepreneurship for the last 15 years. Failed. I'm talking about like try stuff. Doesn't work. Try it again. Doesn't work. Try it again. Doesn't work. Do you think they're more or less receptive to advice? To advice. It should be, um, it should be more. Or no, they didn't get any advice at all because they keep failing for, for 15 years. So if, but if, if, if I'm going to come give you some information, mm-hmm. and let's say I've, been, I've had a successful business and, you know, I've only been doing it for three years. Right. But you've been doing you've been doing you've been an entrepreneur for fifteen years trying to figure this thing out. Do you think that person would be more or less receptive to advice? Me? Just period. Just period. Your average entrepreneur that failed for fifteen years. Fifteen years. They should be more. They should be? Should be more. But it's not that case. The longer you failed at entrepreneurship, for some reason, for some reason the harder it is to give them advice because they've been doing it for years. I have a friend, married, divorced. None of the relationships worked out, but if you try to give him relationship advice, he has so much advice for you based on his failed relationships, and you can't really tell him anything because he feels like, yo, he's been through it, so he has so much experience, but it hasn't worked out. So some people are just stubborn. In their head, they feel like they know it all and they're going to continue to fail. And probably over the last 15 years, people try to advise them and tell them and they've been trying all this kind of stuff and it's not working, but they feel like they're a vet or an OG in the game. It's hard to give them advice and it's hard for them, not hard to give them advice, it's hard for them to receive it without their own twisted mental input. The fact that they know everything. So that, again, is rooted... And just arrogance, man. But I think everybody, I think anybody can be an entrepreneur. Okay. But you have to be willing to learn and develop. You have to. Man, I'm, man I'll be listening to these speakers. I've been speaking for a few years now. And, you know, some of my videos, they'll get, you know, thousands of views. But I go on YouTube sometime and I just watch people who got 200 views. Yeah. The dude that got 37 views as a speaker. I might be able to pick some up. Yeah. Good. So it can't be fair, man. That's a that's that's a relief. Yeah, man. That's a relief for some Yeah, people. you got you got to find your niche, bro. You got to find your thing. Okay. All right. Um. Last question. Um. If entrepreneurship is bad for you, you know, um, especially in a lot of areas of mental health and, and things of that nature, um, how can we avoid some of these obstacles and really win? Say it one more time. Um, I guess the the, the um. The main thing I want to know is how can we avoid obstacles of entrepreneurship and really win? Um, I would say uh, a few things you need to focus on. People, places, and things. So people, do a quick audit of the people that you're around. Because birds of a feather flock together. Um, At every stage of my career, every, every stage of my life, I was around people that were just like me. So when I was in the fourth grade, I hung around with all fourth graders. When I was in sixth grade and I played basketball, all my friends played basketball. When I was in um, eighth grade and I was failing uh, English, 
the people I was around were failing English too. It was just crazy that way. All my friends were basketball players when I played basketball. Now, for some reason, most of the people I hang around are authors. I don't know why it is, but you have to have an audit of the people that you're around because they have a major effect on you, more than you know. Um, if it's just you and another person, you may be able to inspire them, depending on who has the more influence, right? If it's you and two other people, you still may be able to influence those other two people. It'll just be harder, especially if they're on the same mindset of negativity and you're positive. I'm not saying you can't turn them, but you it'll be tougher than one-on-one. But if you have six negative friends and it's just you, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard for you to turn them positive, but it'd be easier for them to influence you to do something negative because there's strength in numbers. So you have to take an audit of the people that you're around. And if in this audit you realize that these people aren't um, conducive to your success, you got to get another circle. You just have to. Go, to. go to some random networking events. Say, hey, you successful? Hey, do you want to be successful? Cool, let's hang out. Let's, let's go to lunch. What you doing next week? Let's just hang out. Do it that way. So people, places, be very mindful of the places that you're in. Um, because in most places, there's going to be people with the same negativity thing that we just talked about. So I no longer go to the club. I used to like going to the club. But I, rem- I just remember when I went, I come home with less money and no more information. I used to try to mask it as, yo, I'm going out the network, but I realized I just kept, most of what I do has to do with speaking, and you can't speak in a club. Right. And the people that's in the club typically aren't in my industry of entrepreneurship success. Not saying they're not, but they're not in that mindset. The reason you come to the club is not so you can learn about entrepreneurship or you can mentor somebody. You come to the club, you put on your best clothes, you put on your best smell good, to do whatever you try to do or be around. So environments are very, very important. Um, your hometown, you might not want to go back to your hometown because in your hometown, they're doing the same things. And you need to stay out of that environment. Okay, if you move from, let's say, a bad part of New York and you move down south to, let's say, Atlanta, yeah. and in Atlanta's a real progressive city, just don't. Is that selling out? Is that selling out? Like not going back home, not going back to the hood. You can go. So for me, I go back home. I just don't go to a places where I used to hang out. Right, right. I go to my mama's house. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I got one or two friends. When I go back home, I go see them. Yep. But but ain't you supposed to move in the streets? I think the street code is you got to move back to where you came from. I'm not going back. Yo, Willowbro, New Jersey. I love y'all, man. Shouts out to y'all. Most of y'all, when I see y'all in Atlanta, come through. We we kicking it. If I come to Atlanta, I mean New Jersey, and I do like an event or something like that in Philly, pull up. Let's kick it. But I'm not about just. I'm not about just. Just go through the club. Be at the crib drinking henny. That's what we used to do. Just drinking henny. Oh, a, a clean little Friday night. Oh, we get together. <laughs> y'all ain't get no G. Get the bottle, fam. Y'all ain't get, y'all ain't get no G. Oh, whatever people brung through. Oh, no matter what. Corn, and that was. Y'all ain't no corn liquor. Oh man, it was whatever, whatever they had, whatever we did, and we talk about absolutely nothing, and we crack jokes. <laughs> yep. And uh, yeah, that's it. Four, so five, four or five hours gone. Oh, gone. Environment. Oh, the places you're at, very, very important. Take a. Um, just take an audit again 
of the places that you're at. So people, places, and the things. So I don't know what your thing is, but some things are helping you, some things are not. So one thing might be Instagram. Instagram helps me, but at the same time, it hurts me sometimes. When I start, when I when I get on like Spice Adams page or Ha Ha Davis or Jess Hilarious, look, they gonna they gonna steal they gonna steal a, a clean fifteen minutes out of my day. <laughs> oh, for nothing, Easy. right? But I I'm not uh, I feel I'm at a point where I can control it, and I'm not saying don't have fun, don't enjoy yourself. I'm not saying that, okay? Because I that 10, 15 minutes of entertainment, I. It's cool sometimes. It, it keeps me happy. I'm entertained because you can't work for the rest of your life. But every now and again, I find myself it it is still sixty minutes and a whole hour. It leads you down this path because if you see one comedian, then you watch another one, and they're in a video with another comedian that you don't know. Then you go to they. You got to go to their page. You got to see what they talk about. You'll get led down this whole little rabbit hole, man. So um, you got to find out things that either help you or hurt you to make a little list of the things that help you or hurt you. If Instagram or social media is hurting you too much, take a break. Just take a break. Um, if you are, uh, some people coach kids, right? You might, you know, little league football or basketball or something like that. That's a thing in your life. Is it more conducive to your success or not? Now, some people say, well, yo, you should be coaching the kids. and all. Well, sometimes you need a season where you're grinding on one thing. Go be successful. Then come back and you can buy all the kids' uniforms. You could coach when you have more time and stuff like that. But you got to find out what your thing is. Is the club one of your things that's killing you? Liquor, one of your things? Is smoking one of your things that kill you the whole day? Dating, is that one of your things that kill your day? Like, kill your chance of success. You got to figure out what your things are. Some of my things are recording videos. I'm so glad I got to a point where I love this. I like this. So it's work, but I'd much rather do this than go to the club. It's crazy. I love it to see what's going to come out of it and all that kind of stuff. I'm enjoying this. So, um, yeah, so that's that. That's it, man. All right, cool, man. Uh, that's the actual, um, that's the last question to, I guess, to, to sum it up. Entrepreneurship can be bad for you. Oh, yeah. So which would you make it? Entrepreneurship is what you make it. It's some look, some people can't handle it right now because you might be good at entrepreneurship, making money, but you don't know how to save or you don't know how to manage it. You you need a paycheck. You need a paycheck. Okay, let's uh one one thing. I was having an issue as an entrepreneur with tithing. So when I had my job, it was easier because even I was still getting tips every day. I would take my tips home, and when I got home, I just take ten percent of it and put it in like a little shoebox under my bed. And every um, every week, I could take that money and I can put it in as a tithe. But I honestly got to a point where you know, after I quit my job, I had kiosk money coming in and website money coming in. And like side job stuff, money coming in. And it was hard for me to be able to gather and calculate what is my 10% and how can I put it to us to the side. So for a long time, it was tough. But I developed at least the skill set of taking money, 10% here. But if you, if you don't know how to do that, keep a job. If you, can't, if you don't know how to take the money and pay your bills and all that kind of stuff, making sure your house, was, house is good first, keep your job until you develop that ability. So um, I believe 
entrepreneurship is what you make it. It could be good or it could be bad, um, depending upon how you use it. Nope, I can end it right there. Um, if you don't have any questions on Instagram, um, I appreciate your time. I guess we should do like a like a ask. Yeah, I could ask Dave one one time. I guess when you post us on the IG, we can say you can ask a question. We can use it for next week. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, if you uh, where can they send it? Maybe we need to create a Gmail that comes to you and I. Yeah. Okay. And then we'll just yeah we'll rock out on uh, interviews and all that kind of stuff. So uh, we'll put an interview in here, some some sort of link, uh, where you can ask. Yo, actually, Brandon shot me, okay? Send a DM to Brandon shot me on Instagram, all the questions. Any questions you got, DM, is that cool? Yeah, you do yeah. It? I'll just, I'll, I'll write them all down. Yeah. You know, um, I might just say, okay, we'll send you a little a like or something, but I, I do have it. Okay, yeah, so send it. Send a DM to Brandon Shot Me. Uh, we'll probably record another one of these in a couple of days, and we'll just continue to uh, drop these, okay? So, uh, hey, man, if you don't have your tickets to Real Social Proof, you're bugging. You're bugging. Boniface makes 600, uh, six figures a month, and he teaches other people how to do it. You should see how many students he has that are also making six figures a month. It's insane. He's teaching at Real Social Proof. Jay Morrison, he, he I think he built like three, seven seven or eight figure businesses in the last five years. He's a speaker at Social Proof. Coriel, Coriel Dubot. Yo, when I tell you she has income streams coming everywhere, a whole movement of female entrepreneurs. She is teaching at Social Proof. My gosh, Kenny Conwell. We just got Kenny Conwell locked in, man. When I talk about funnels, the psychology of moving a customer, the psychology of... Taking a customer and moving them where you want them to move, Kenny Conwell, come on. Like, we have 20 plus of these people, and I'm leaving people out like Willie Moore Jr., huge announcement. We got Inky Johnson speaking at The Real Social Proof. Look, I feel like raising ticket prices because Inky coming. You know what I'm saying? I, plus, I got to give Inky a, I gotta give Inky a little bag. So, uh, yeah. So, get your tickets. Get your tickets today. They're on sale, man. Real social proof. Make sure you're in the building. April 4th and 5th in Atlanta. The biggest conference for small business entrepreneurs. I'm putting on con- I'm talking to the small business entrepreneur. I'm not talking to the people that's making $200 million. I'm not talking to the people that's making $2 million. I'm talking about the, the, the person you might be making less than $60,000 a year in your business. You want to turn it up. You're starting a business, okay? You're trying to figure out how to go from um, $8,000 a month to $14,000 a month or $20,000 a month. We're talking to you, okay? We're not, this is, this is just for the niche of the small business entrepreneur that's just like me, got a job and a dream, they try and bridge the gap. Or you've been stuck where your where your business your business has been stuck for the last five years, you need to be here, okay? Outside of the information, the network is going to be crazy. Two whole days. Two whole days. It's gonna be a, it's gonna be incredible. So make sure you have real social proof, realsocialproof.com at real social proof on Instagram, man. I'll see y'all next week. Peace. What's up, y'all? Business Lawyer ATL. What it do? As a business attorney, I encourage entrepreneurs to get the house in order. Hey, Biz Lawyer ATL, shoot me a DM because I could probably use you. I could probably use you. I know everybody that, yeah, man, I definitely need to create some.
Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 